Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast brought to you by CornNation.com. Proud member of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am your host, John Dam Johnston, and uh, this is the show I get to do all of my swearing on. Uh, Greg is out, Haas is out, but I am joined by Dylan Gunther, our wrestling writer, and my close personal friend, Todd Wolverton, who uh, wrestled in high school. He was a wrestling coach. He has been a wrestling official. I don't know. He's done wrestling stuff. Probably gobs of it. Way more than I've mentioned. And uh, we're going to have a show on Wednesday, March 11th, a day that has been a very tough day on the entire United States, to be honest with you. I'd say, how are you guys doing? Well, there you go. How are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, I'm not doing too bad, John. Uh, I do have a, uh, you know, been dealing with a sick kid today. So, like you said, it's been a tough day. There's been some w- weird announcements. Um, you know, that's just the life of a single dad. So, I'd say, uh, what's up, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, it's... Uh... Just, trying to, just trying to throw a plug out there, John. Maybe I'll get an email <laughs> Well, I I don't blame you. <laughs> oh, that's great. I I don't know. You know, it's um, I'm in the school biz, and for the last three days, we spent a lot of time in meetings trying to figure out what we were going to do as a result of this coronavirus. And uh, today was the day we announced our plans, or at least what our plan looks like going forward to our staff. Then wham, bam, I come home tonight and the world is shutting down. So I suppose it won't be too long until we're shutting down too. Well, today we found out that the NBA has suspended the rest of their season, uh, that Tom Hanks and his wife have tested positive for the coronavirus in Australia, that the NCAA has decided that we will do the uh, – well, the Big Ten has decided that the rest of the basketball tourney will be conducted without any fans. And given the NBA suspension, you wonder if they're just going to shut off all of the rest of the basketball games. I mean, the Big Ten has basically stated that the uh, rest of the sporting events will be conducted without fans. So, I mean, in the big scheme of thing, that part is just sports. Um, the rest of the nation, I mean, it, Friday night travel to Europe is being shut down. I, I, you know, there's so much stuff I'm probably forgetting something, but it's been a, like I said earlier, it's been a really hard day. A wild time, man. It's uh, it is, it a, is. A, a it's lot of, very a lot of unprecedented stuff that we're going, we're, you know, it's all happening. I mean, I've never, I'm not as old as you guys, but I can't remember anything like this before. I can't. I honestly can't either. I, no, I, no way. <laughs> I was yeah, going to so say the, the wrestling. The re- yeah, like you said, wrestling also is going to go with no fans, and uh, they just uh, they were going to be 
they're going to be competing at USA Bank US Bank Stadium. Before and, uh, before you go into that, I want to say, to, I would say that today is the day that a lot of people entered this day and thought this is still like some kind of media overhype thing. I don't want to say the word hoax because I don't think it was ever a hoax, but right. I think people entered this day with a lot of, okay, this is no big deal. And they're going to end this day and go to bed. And by the time you hear this on Friday morning, uh, the, the entire world will have changed for us in the United States. I mean, it's already changed a little bit for other countries. You were starting into the fact that the NCAA wrestling tournament final at this point is going to be played in U.S. Bank Stadium, the home of the Minnesota Vikings. So you guys yeah. can go ahead and talk about that. Well, yeah, it just uh, throws a big wrench into the NCAA's plans, obviously. Um, but as far as uh, they were planning on having, you know, the biggest venue ever for their NCAA tournament. But like you said, this is just sports. Uh, number one thing should be safety. And I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm not against the call at all. It's just a, it adds a weird element to this year's um, NCAA tournaments for basketball and wrestling that, you know, something we've never seen before. So it's going to be new to everybody. Yeah. You know, I think it's, um, it's interesting because, you know, you've, you've heard of situations in Europe where the, you know, professional soccer leagues have played in front of, uh, empty stadiums and that's usually well at least in recent years because been because of fan behavior um racism and that kind of stuff but uh boy it sure hits home right now and and you know having it up there at u.s bank i mean that was incredibly important for the sport of wrestling um you know they they it's been probably 12 15 years ago that they took um the ncaa wrestling tournament off campus i mean it used to be at the university of iowa or down at ou or places like that and it just outgrew those venues. And so they started holding it at, at bigger arenas, you know, in St. Louis and Madison Square Garden. And now, you know, they're moving it into a football stadium. And I, that crowd up there would have been huge. I mean, at least the talk down here in Iowa, they were expecting at least 20,000 Iowa fans, Iowa Hawkeye fans up there. And it's been a while since Iowa's been on top of the heap. And you know, it used to be half the arena was full of Iowa fans, and that made just an incredible environment there. Um, it was Iowa against everybody else, and it would have been that way up there too. Yeah. You know, well, the Minnesota fans, fans even, probably would have shown up a little, at least a little bit, and the Minnesota fans scream every time Iowa does something bad, So, or Minnesota <laughs> does something good. So it would have been an excellent crowd. Yeah. It's kind of a shame. As far really. as uh, – Todd, though, as far as the uh, wrestling goes, it's still probably going to be Iowa against everybody else. Well, I think I think so. Um, you know, Iowa got – they got a break, and I don't think it was an unexpected break. Uh, Caleb Young uh, was the only one that didn't qualify. He had a horrible Big Ten tournament, um, yeah. but he was picked with a wild card. And he had, he had the – Good. You're that guy. Credentials. Yeah, he, de- he definitely uh, – he was a shoe-in for a wild card. Uh, Spot and uh, I'm not surprised he got taken. One thing I will say though is Nebraska and Iowa now are the only teams in the country that have ten NCAA qualifiers, one for each weight class. Yeah, that's it is incredible. I mean, I would love to know what you know the the wrestling fans out east and and 
you know, they're a different kind of a fan out there, um, really loyal and, and students of the sport and stuff. I would really wonder what they think about Nebraska. And, and you know, when they, when they woke up and, and found out that Nebraska got second in the Big Tens, I think that had to be a shocker. Um, unless you yeah. are a Big Ten wrestling fan, and even the Big Ten fans, I mean, most people thought it was going to be Oklahoma or, excuse me, Ohio State and Penn State, and maybe Nebraska would slide in there fourth. But yeah. Just no, I, cover I cover this team, you know, I cover this team as extensively as about anybody, and I was shocked, to be honest with you. Um, I, I looked at them at Nebraska as being kind of a, in a race for third. Like, yeah. I kind of thought, I thought, I thought Penn State and, Ohio, and Iowa kind of had lo- number one and two kind of sewn up. But, uh, yeah, man, that, that depth. Depth, depth does wonders in a Big Ten tournament, but at the same time, an NCAA tournament, it's not as it's not as important as how many top flight guys you have because the field is so much bigger. You know, Manning had that that team in the right frame of mind, and that often happens. Um, you know, some you, sometimes you see it at the Big Ten tournament or the conference tournament. You know, might might have been the EIWA or whatever conference. Um, sometimes they get the whole team on board at that tournament. And and we'll see it at the NCAA tournament, or typically you do. You just see that one team that comes in here where everybody is dialed in. Um, but, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. When you look at the Nebraska results, I think, if I'm correct, every Nebraska wrestler wrestled to their seed or wrestled above their seed except for one. And, you know – that's amazing. I mean, they looked at their seeds yeah. and they said, you know what, we're better than that. And they came out and they proved it on that day or those two days. Yeah, they did. It was definitely a top to bottom, uh, like you said, where every guy either placed about right where they were seated or better. And, uh, you know, no other team could say that. I mean, like you said about um, Iowa, Caleb Young, I think, what was he, the two or three? two or three seed two and he uh the two seed and he ended up getting beat he actually got beat by Peyton Rob uh from Nebraska but then he went on to lose again and um so every every team is susceptible to have a top guy kind of just have an off tournament but it didn't seem like Nebraska had one guy that really was off oh my god you're coughing and now we're we're done <clears throat> Yeah, we got the, the virus. I'm spreading it. You know, Dylan, Spreading didn't you um, on the Five Heart podcast last week? Didn't you? Didn't you uh, pick Peyton Rob as kind of the the one that might surprise? Wasn't he kind of your one of your dark horses? I did. He made me look pretty smart, didn't he? Boy, he did. You know, the kid's got some. He's got some hips, and you you, you can't coach hips, <laughs> and He's got some strength, and he knows where he's at, and a sense of feel yeah. where he's at, and he's fun to watch. He's, pretty, he's gonna be. Fun he's to pretty watch. fearless too. He's pretty. Fearless. Yes, he he'll is. go for. He'll run in there and go for like those uh, upper body throws in the first minute. He don't care. No, no, he's going to be a fun one. Oh yeah, I'm. I, I'm only thing I'm curious about him with his career is if he moves up. I'd be interested to know what you think about that. The fact that he kind of, he missed weight on his last duel. Um, I mean, would you say that's somebody that you would 
you know, maybe see moving up at some point? I, I, I think so. And, and the reason I say that is because he missed weight in the last duel. And more right. often than not, guys do not miss weight in, in February. I mean, if they're going to miss weight, they, they generally do that, you know, in, in the early season. You know, though, there's other examples. Yeah. I mean, every year somebody, somebody does. Um, yeah. But um, I, I kind of think he probably will. Um, and, you, you know, uh, he's got that. He's got the size. I mean, you know, he's got the, he's got the frame to handle, you know, moving up a weight. Yeah, especially being a freshman, too. Yeah. He's grown I into would. it. And also, Absolutely. I mean, I would say because 165 right now has Isaiah White. He's a senior. And I'm going to do something after the season about kind of a preview and um, who we got left coming back kind of piece. But behind Isaiah White, we really don't have anybody at 165 pounds. So I would say we almost have to have a 157-pounder move up and – uh I think Peyton Robb's probably number one contender to move up to 165 for next year for Nebraska. Yeah. And again, you know, it's not unusual. Um, Kyle Dake, you know, when he was a four-timer from Cornell and he's the only four-time champion that won in four different weight classes. Um, Right. Now, most college wrestlers pretty much wrestle in the same weight class all four years, but it, you know, it's not uncommon for some uh, to move up, and 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 Rob's a he's a he's a redshirt, isn't he? He's not a true freshman. Yeah, he's a redshirt. Yep. So he's you know he's got a little age too, a little more age, and and I I would you know Michael Kemmer at at Iowa he bumped up two weight classes. Now he was out last year with a with an, a season injury or season long injury, but he he moved up two yep. weight classes, and he's all of a hundred and hundred and seventy four oh. pounder. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, I can't. Uh, the fact that he used to wrestle at uh, one fifty-seven is pretty crazy to me. Yeah. Yep. So what the Dylan? You mentioned that the NCAA seeds came out today. Yep. And um, well, first of all, explain that what that means. You guys need to explain to this. If if we're going to actually have a wrestling tourney, here's what I want out of you two: explain what that means. And number two, for people who don't follow wrestling, we have one of the best wrestling teams we've had in Nebraska history, correct? Yes. Uh, I How would they so, become yeah. fans? Is this like NASCAR where they, like, I don't know, go pick a guy like Chad Red Jr. and say, that's the guy I'm going to follow? Would that be a good idea? Yeah, if you're going to pick a guy, I'd say pick Chad Red. Um, as far as, like, especially if you're not a – you know, real into the nuances of wrestling. Um, he has such an exciting style too that um, just a casual fan could watch one of his matches and say, "Holy shit! What? That? How is he able to do that?" You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you know, the the term seed um, is is important because it's the way that. Um, well, in the case of the NCAA tournament, and in, in most big tournaments anymore, they have a committee that, for the most part, they rank the wrestlers. You know, who who are the top eight or who are the top 16? And they put them on certain lines of the bracket so that they separate the better wrestlers. And there's a criteria that, that exists that they look at. Um, but the whole goal is to separate the best wrestlers 
and um, spread them out. Now, anymore in the, in the NCAA tournament, they seed them all. I mean, they rank them from one to 33, and then they assign yep. them to the corresponding line, and, and then they wrestle it out from there. So there's 33 wrestlers in each weight class. Yep, so 330, 330 guys total are, uh, are going to be at the NCAAs. And there's 10 weight classes, obviously? Yep. Okay. So you got to explain this to stupid people like me. Well, and if you look at the bracket, you know, there's, there's what they call, well, it depends on what part of the country you grew up in, but we called them a pigtail match. There's a preliminary match where the number 32 against the number 33 wrestler, they're going to wrestle first. And then the winner of that goes on to the line and they get to wrestle the number one seed in, in <laughs> what would be normally the first round. And it's like, yeah, lucky, it's like lucky them. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky them. But you know, yeah. in, 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 uh, in, in the basketball tournament, they used to have what 64 teams and then they added some, you know, um, yep. same yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously like you said, you don't want to spread those guys out and, uh, you know, if you earn the number one seed, then you earn the path of least resistance through the tournament. So yeah. you're, you have a, you know, you're not really going to hit on the top four, five, six guys until the quarter, you know, semifinal finals. So teams outside the Big Ten, well, NCAA seeds, let's say, the Big Ten, I mean, we know that is it's way above everybody else in the entire nation by a very, very long ways. Uh, are there any are there any wrestlers in seeds outside the Big Ten that are favorites to actually win that are not from Big Ten teams? Um, yeah, there's a there's a handful of them. Uh, the lighter weights, once you start going through it, kind of it's Iowa. You know, Iowa's right up there. You get a little bit of a ACC flavor with North Carolina sitting around, and NC State's got a really good team this year. Um, they got a couple guys. Uh, what's that? What's the weight class? One fifty-seven. Actually, um, yeah. his name is Hayden Hidley, NC State. He's twenty-eight and one. Um, he's actually a. Uh, yeah, he. I don't. I don't see any way he doesn't really make it to the final. He's a, I've seen him wrestle on TV. Um, he's, he's impressive. Yeah. He's a, um, he's a tough kid. He's a Pennsylvania kid. I think he made the finals his I think he made the finals his freshman year. He's a junior now, I believe, but he was yeah. in the finals. I think his freshman year. Yeah. He's one of those perennial guys. He's always there. Um, yeah. Other than that, you know, you see a lot of Penn state, Iowa, um, but once you start getting into like the three, four, five, six seeds, that's kind of where you see more of the non-Pig Ten guys. Um, like, for instance, 184. Like I talked about before, Big Tens. That was kind of a weak weight class for Big Ten, and uh, they got a Northern Iowa guy, Taylor Luan. He's a number one seed. Um, He's a he's a stud. Virginia Tech's got number two seed. He's the defending national champ, I believe. I'd have to go look. Um, but then you know the Big Ten champion is the uh, Aaron Brooks from Penn State. He's number three seed. So there's one weight class where Big Ten is not definitely not favored to 
you know, put a guy at the top of the podium. Yeah, that's in fact, though, that 184 is the only weight of the 10 where a non big 10 wrestler is the number one seed. A big 10 wrestler is the number one seed at every other weight class, which that's amazing. Um, You know, and it's as, as much of a surprise as Nebraska is in the big 10, North Carolina state is a, is a team that's come on the last few years. Um, You know, they, Oh, oftentimes would have a decent wrestler here and there, but they've really put together a pretty strong, strong, strong team at North Carolina state. And, you know, Virginia tech has been good over the years. Um, Tom Brands was the head coach at Virginia Tech before he came back to Iowa. And then he was succeeded by Kevin Dresser, who is now the head coach at Iowa State. So Virginia yeah, Tech's had some really good coaches. So That's another team, Iowa coach. State. Big 12's got a couple of heavy hitters, too. Iowa State's got a few studs out there. Um, yeah. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's got a couple. Um, you know, each conference kind of has a sprinkling of – top tier guys, but like you said, John, there's it's nothing even close to the Big Ten. I I will throw this one thing in there too. I just it just occurred to me. The the wrestler that probably would have been the number one seed at one eighty four is from Arizona yep. State, Zahid Valencia. And he was a yeah, California he, yeah. kid. But he got um he wrestled in a international tournament and he tested positive um, for performance enhancing drugs. So he got, he got put on the bench. I mean, he's, he's not currently wrestling right now. You know what? I better not say it was a PED. I'm not sure if it was a PED or not, but it It was was a positive. I was actually about to stop you. Uh, it was a, uh, recreational. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one it was. You know, I don't know if it was Coke or whatever, uh, marijuana. I, I, I can tell you, but I know it was just recreational, and I will say also he was when that happened he was uh, he was a you know the leader in the clubhouse to win the Hodge Trophy. Oh yeah, which is basically which is basically you know the Heisman Trophy for wrestling. Um, yeah, and yeah, he he was considered the best wrestler in the country at any weight. So you know losing him definitely elevated a couple guys in the Big Ten too. Like every you know everybody jumps up a spot that way. Right. Um, and it makes, you know, it basically creates one more, you know, somebody that wasn't really, you know, favored to become, you know, garner all American status kind of gets a chance to sneak in on that top eight spot. Cause yeah, top eight guys are, uh, named all Americans, John. So Dylan, would you say that, would you think that 184 is the weight class where there any, you know, I won't, I don't want to say anybody, but. Any of maybe five or six different guys could win that class. Yeah, definitely. Just like in the Big Tens, it's not with with losing uh, Valencia from Arizona State. That definitely kind of put threw a wrench into that weight class where everybody was kind of, you know, it's going to be Zahid and number one, and everybody else. We'll figure out who's going to lose to him in the final. Um, now it's kind of there's probably six, seven, eight guys that you could honestly say um, have a pretty decent shot at, you know, coming in on top. 
You know, I know the siege just came out, and before we came on, Dylan, you said you hadn't had a chance to look at it real quick, and and I wasn't even aware they came out, but I was scanning through here, and I really think that Isaiah White is in a good spot. I think that he he is positioned well. He's he's um, the fifth seed. Which and he's going to wrestle the O'Reilly guy from Minnesota, who he's handled handled this season. Yep. And then um, he's in the same quarter bracket with Travis Whitlake from Oklahoma State, who, I mean, he, Whitlake's good. I mean, don't take anything away from a number four seed, but that's a heck of a lot right. better than having to face one of the big three. Oh yeah, he, like he yeah, he he definitely picked got a good spot. Um, that means he. You know, he's not going to have to really hit on a top, you know, like you said, one of the top three guys until the uh, till the quarterfinal, but he'll probably have to take on Iowa's Alex Marinelli, top seed. So that'll be a tough one for him. They wrestled this year already, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that close I don't, as, as far as I remember. Well, um, here's the crazy thing. Evan Wick is the number eight seed, so he's in the same quarter yep. bracket as Marinelli. And Marinelli struggles with yep. Wick. That's true. That's true. Uh, but then again, who knows? I mean, I, Evan Wick didn't wrestle Big Tens because of an undisclosed injury. Um, they're still not saying what that was, so I'd be curious if he's going to be healthy. But if he's – yeah, if he's healthy, um, that Marinelli-Wick uh, – that round, that second, or was that? Be the third round matchup. Yeah, that'd be a be a hell of a third round matchup. And I honestly, think, if you're Isaiah, if you're Isaiah White, you hope Evan Wick wins that. Yeah, although, yeah, Wick, yeah. although although Evan Wick did beat Isaiah White this year. I wonder if Evan Wick's undisclosed injury was that he grew another inch because he is absolutely the tallest wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, he, that posed a lot of problems for guys. That height does, but maybe maybe it was you know maybe he just uh, had to get that spine looked at. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Todd. So you guys talk about this guy matching up with this guy and this guy and that. I mean, for those of us who don't know a damn thing about wrestling, what are you talking about? Well, there's there's a contrast of styles. And, you know, there's probably too many to even try to, um, to, to try to talk about each one. But, um, you know, it's when, when we'll just talk about what we were, you know, Alex Marinelli and Evan Wick. Alex Marinelli is uh, maybe a little bit shorter than average for that weight class, but he is, you know, very, very strong. He's, he's, he's incredibly strong. They call him the bull. And Evan yeah. Wick is this tall, lanky guy. And Evan Wick has shown the ability to use his length to kind of keep Marinelli at a distance. And if Marinelli can't get to him, he can't score. But the length that Evan Wick has when, he's, when they're down on the mat wrestling, that length transfers to leverage. And Wick is... He's a he's a monster when he gets on top of people. And oftentimes those tall, lanky guys can use all of that leverage and they can dominate a guy um, like Marinelli down on the mat. So 
you know, that's a contrast of styles. Whereas if anybody watched Marinelli wrestle Joseph in uh, the finals match at the Big Tens, those two guys are almost carbon copies. And that that results yeah. in explosion. I mean, you know, everybody holds yeah, their breath. The yep, yep. And it's who, who can get it done. You know, they're both doing body locks and they're just who can throw who. You know, you're not going to see Evan Wick try to do a body lock on Marinelli. No. And, um, you know, and you look John, at- I would say, I would say it's similar, you know, wrestling, uh, more people are familiar with, you know, a sport like boxing, but I think all combat sports kind of have this aspect of different styles where it's just like, if you've got a guy, you know, in a boxing match, a guy that's got a seven inch reach advantage on the next guy, on the guy's, you know, boxing, then there are certain aspects of the boxing match that he has an advantage of just based on the way his body's built. But then again, the shorter, more powerful guy, he has some advantages in certain spots. Like if a, you know, a shorter, like a guy like Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson always fought guys that were longer and taller than him. But once he got inside, he neutralized that length and was able to connect and he put a lot of people to sleep. Yeah, that's a great analogy. You know, and you look at Nebraska's team, and um, what one of the things that I think is really neat is, you know, there isn't necessarily a type. Um, there's a lot yeah. of different types of wrestlers on the Nebraska team. And, um, uh, you know, Dylan's talked about Chad Red Jr. And, uh, you know, how explosive and how quick he is. And, um, you know, Jordan Burroughs was kind of that way, you know, when he was at yeah. Nebraska. Um, yep. But then you you take a, a look at a, at like Ridge Lovett, who, you know, he's he's turning into one of my favorites. I love watching that kid. He's just tough as nails. But yeah. Ridge Lovett, he, he – He's a monster when he gets on top of people because he knows how to use his his leverage. He's got a good feel um, for what he's doing, and um, you know he's 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 not an explosive runner or wrestler. He's he's one that he likes to control the match. Yeah, and we got, and like you said, you know he's, he uses that length um, on top to control. I mean, we got a couple other guys that. You know, Colin Purinton at 149, he's tall and lanky. Um, so, and, and, you know, Peyton Robb's not tall and lanky. He's more of built like that Alex Marinelli of the bowl. Um, Labriola, kind of the same thing. Just, you know, he's not super tall, but he's big and he's powerful and muscular. Um, I would say Taylor Venz is more of the kind of a mix of them all. He's not tall yeah. or short, but he's kind of, you know, and he's not the strongest guy out there, but he kind of got a, he's kind of dipped his toes in a, a couple different styles. And I think that helps him a lot because he can kind of switch up how he, you know, how he wrestles compa- depending on who he's wrestling. That's why he's so dang exciting. He's exciting. Yeah. He's, I think like, you know, last week we talked about it. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the 184 field is blown wide open with uh, that the, Sahid Valencia being suspended, but um, I would say Venz has as good a shot as anybody at getting to the you know as high, the highest up on the podium for Nebraska as anybody. 
he's the number seven seed. So, uh, you know, if he finishes the top eight, he's an All-American. So, you know, we have a handful of guys that are seeded in the top eight. Yeah, you know, I hadn't even thought about it in those terms, that if you were picking which which Nebraska wrestler might have the best chance to stand on the top, it, I think you'd have to say Taylor Vince. Yeah, 100%, definitely. Just because he doesn't have – he doesn't have to go through, you know, an Alex Marinelli or, a, you know, Sebastian Rivera or a Nick Lee. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no, there's no just absolute mammoth in the number one seed, number two seed at that weight class. So it's going to be like, I could sit here and pick who I think the top eight are going to be. And I could be a hundred percent right. Or I could get them all wrong. You never yeah, I think you're right. Back. Looks like Schultz has got the highest seed at, at a third seed at uh, you know 197, and that's not unexpected. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, he's been pretty awesome all season. Just hasn't been able to get past Colin Moore, but you know who has? He's undefeated. Yeah, so nobody's gotten past him. <laughs> but I think it's got to be. I mean, Todd, you got to. You wrestled a lot. I mean, how how furious is it? How infuriating is it to be, you know, a good wrestler, but there might be one guy that you just lose to every time? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. And now you've stumped me here because my memory's getting bad. But, you know, um, maybe one of the best examples of that is uh, a former Nebraska coach. Um, you know, before Mark Manning was Tim Newman, and before Tim Newman was Bob Fears. And Bob Fears, I believe, wrestled at Michigan State, and I think Bob Fears got second three years in a row, and I think he got beat by the same guy all three years. Now, I might be wrong. I, you know, I, like I said, my memory is, uh, is off a little bit, but it is infuriating. And, you know, now that the Big Ten is, and Nebraska's in the Big Ten, they're getting a taste of this that, you know, they're going to see the same guys three times, you know, potentially three times a year. And since since most wrestlers wrestle at the same weight class coming all the way through, you know what, they could see each other a dozen times in their college career. And, you know, it's, it's incredibly difficult, um, you know, to, to keep running into the same guy over and over and getting beat. And, you know, um, there, I, I guess if I spend a little bit of time, I know that there have been a couple of guys, um, you know, back in the day who, you know, they were number two and they were a doggone good wrestler, but they just never could beat number one. Um, yep. those, that's frustrating. I mean, that's, uh, Penn State's Mark Hall, who is a uh, you know, favorite favorite to win this year at uh, would be 174. Um, he's he won the national championship as a freshman. And he lost the last two years, and both losses were to uh, Zahid Valencia that just got suspended. So, you no, know, that's that's one guy that you, you know, it's like probably two of the best wrestlers in the country, and one guy just can't get past the other one. I don't know if it's, sometimes it's a stylistic thing and sometimes it's just one guy's better. Well, you know, um, Israel Martinez 
at Illinois a couple of years ago. He won two national titles his freshman and sophomore year. And then his junior and senior year, he ran into Vincenza Joseph, you know, at Penn State. Yep. And uh, Joseph beat him both times. So, you know, here's a guy who, after his sophomore year, has, is, you know, has serious potential to be a four-time champion. And there aren't that many, maybe three or four in NCAA Division yeah, I history. And, and he was primed to do that. And both years, he got beat by Vincenzo Joseph. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. And I, I will point out, too, we were talking about, you know, having a foe that you just can't really seem to get past. Is uh, I don't know if you watched the Big Tens this year much. Uh, Mikey Labriola, he wrestled Devin Skatska from Minnesota twice and lost to him both times at Big Tens. And that was after he wrestled him twice during the regular season. And he, and he won one he won one of those matchups. He lost in the duel and then he lost twice at Big Ten. And if you look at the uh bracket for NCAAs, <laughs> they they meet in the second round. Yeah, I just that was that popped out of me as soon as I thought saw it. I thought, Oh my goodness, Mikey so gets arrested again. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly I think Mikey's probably not very happy about that. <laughs> it sounds cruel. Yeah. Because he's uh that's my, John. That's the guy that headlocked him. Yeah, gonna, yeah. I this, remember this is gonna that. Be, this is going to be the ninth time they've met in college, and Mikey Labriola is a sophomore. That seems <laughs> a lot. Like they, you know what I mean? Met, it, uh, on an individual in the NCAA's, crazy. So if this thing actually comes off, what do you guys think chances that Nebraska? I don't know finishes in the top five. Good. Oh, I think really. I think there's a good chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think what what the top top four top four take home trophies, right? Yeah, top four. Uh, What do you think the chances are they get in the top four? I think it's pretty good. Um, I I think I I agree with you. So, what are the chances that Nebraska finishes top two? Slim, um, and and the reason, yeah. the reason I say that is Penn State. Penn State is going to those six guys that got in the finals from Penn State. I think there's a good, a very good chance that four, maybe five of those guys will get in the finals of the NCAA, and that is just yeah. separates too many points. And the see the the thing is difference between conference and NCAA's is you can get farther up in the team race with a deep team in conference, because, you know, you got 14 guys in the weight class and you get, you know, you get points for placing, uh, you know, first, second, third, all the way to eighth. So if there's 14 guys in a weight class, it's a lot easier to place eight than it is when there's 33 guys in the bracket. So at the NCAAs, it's usually most championship teams, the bulk of their points come from guys that make a run all the way to the championship. Um, it's not so much, you know, we had four, you know, we had four guys finish seventh. So NCAA, the way like the, the fact that the bracket is 33 guys uh, lends itself to, you know, the more top heavy, the, the teams with the, 
the most studs end up winning rather than the most depth. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. yeah I guess it does. I, so what, I think what I is the highest Nebraska's ever finished? Um, they, they've brought home say fourth. That's a good question, John. I'll have to look that up, but not exactly. Okay, sure wait, I'll make it easier. Finishes. What's the highest we've ever finished under Mark Manning? I, ah, think, uh, I don't even know that. Questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they've finished. I think they've finished fourth under Mark Manning. I'm not sure if it was Mark Manning or Tim Newman, but I remember. I remember being at the national tournament and the Nebraska team was up on the podium with a trophy. Huh. All right. Is yeah, there I, know anything had, I, I know he's had a bunch of uh, top 10 finishes uh, lately, but as far as his top ever finish, yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. Damn it, John. Yeah, yeah, see, there, here's, a, here's another you one for you. You caught, you caught me, man. Here's another one for you. Uh, given the success that Nebraska wrestling has had under Mark Manning, why do you guys think that the wrestling program doesn't have the following, let's say, that maybe baseball does? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I think it's just some of it is that baseball is such a mainstream sport and most more people – uh understand you know the rules and the scoring I, I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that not a lot of people really understand the scoring that much in wrestling they might watch a wrestling match and go why the hell did that guy get two points there three you know what's a reversal i have a hard time with that yeah and i think dylan's exactly right um you know the style of wrestling that we have in the united states folk style wrestling it, it for for the person that just stops by to watch a match, it is difficult to understand. And you know, the, the wrestling has struggled over the years to build a broad base of fans because you you really have to take the time to truly understand the sport. You know, if you take football, John, if you know every Saturday, and you can see it on on coronation, you got those guys that, you know, they're analyzing the footwork of the left guard, but you have a lot of people in there that say, whoopee, we scored a touchdown. You know, I mean, you can be a fan of football at those different levels. It's hard to be a fan of wrestling. I remember, I remember one time and I don't know who told it to me, but somebody, I was standing right there and somebody said, you know, I don't know much about this. They were, they were talking to a coach. And they said, I don't know much about this sport. How do you tell who's winning? And this old crusty coach said, well, it's really easy. He says, there's two guys out there on the mat, and one guy's beating the shit out of the other one. The guy who's beating the shit out of the other one, he's the one that's winning, you know? But yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a little more complexity to it than that. Oh, hey, John. Yes? So I, I, just, I just looked it up. I'm, I'm going to answer your question. The uh... – the best finish Mark Manning's had at Nebraska at the NCAAs is fourth place twice. And that was uh, 07, 08, 08, 09. That's um, not bad. I, no, that's, that's, that's trophy. You're taking home. So Mark Manning's brought home two NCAA trophies. 
the best place, the highest finish Nebraska's ever had was in 92-93 season. They finished third. And there were probably a lot more wrestling teams in 92-93. Oh, maybe a, maybe half a dozen. Oh, there maybe. were? I thought that uh, wrestling was one of the things that Title IX supposedly damaged very badly. It, it did, but, you know, since 92-93, maybe, uh, okay, maybe 10, maybe 12. Uh, yeah. Newman was, Tim Newman was the coach back then. Yeah. So. Sorry, I was a little late, but I ended, I did find your uh, I did answer your questions before the podcast was over, so I gotta get credit for that. There you go. All right. Anything else about wrestling right now? Um, no. Like I said, okay. I just wanted to point one thing out. Like I said earlier, uh, you know, as stacked as Iowa is this year, um, and they are, um, you know how I said Nebraska and Iowa are the only teams that have uh qualified a wrestler at every weight class. Iowa needed an at-large bid to do that. Nebraska had 10 automatic qualifiers. I don't know if – I mean, we're the only team that did it this year. I guess I'm not I'm not 100% sure how common that is. I mean, Todd, do you know how common that is to automatically qualify everybody? Well, you know, back in the glory days with, you know, Iowa when Gable was coaching there, I mean, that was an every-year occurrence, and then – you know, they'd okay. qualify 10, Oklahoma State would qualify 10, and then they'd fight it out, you know. Um, yeah. But um, those days are long past. It's, it's, it's unusual for a team to qualify all 10. And, I, you know, hats off to the, the Cornhuskers. And another thing is uh, something that I was kind of um, projected to do and it'll be something that's only been done once ever is um, 10 All-Americans. Like, to, you know, to finish in the top eight in every weight class, it's only been done once, and that was by that Minnesota team. I think it was, what, 2000, 2001? I, you might uh, have – that might be the year. And without a champion. They did it without yeah, a champion. Yeah. Yep, no champion. They ended up winning the team title, but they did not have an individual champ but they had eight or they had all 10 all Americans. And that was the only time it's ever been done And Iowa. If you just look at seeds is uh, projected to do that. And I don't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it, if they did. My God, you guys are geeky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to move on to another subject. Uh, apparently before tonight's loss and season-ending loss to Indiana, Fred Hoiberg left the game before it was over because of an illness, and he had been has been taken to the hospital. Yeah. Um, the Nebraska team was cordoned off. People were not allowed to go near the Nebraska team. Uh, Nebraska is being attacked a little bit on Twitter right now for – being reckless and that allowing him to coach the game, which is, you know, it's Twitter. The one thing about being on Twitter is, huh. is, is, you know, everything changed from this morning till tonight and it changed throughout the hours on Twitter. And I, and I realize that we can keep all the information up to date, but at the same time you get into this, this thing where people make statements like some shithead did 
uh, that Nebraska might be the reason the NCAA tourney is canceled. Nebraska is not going to be the fucking reason why the NCAA tourney is canceled. Okay. Right. The idea, this concept of Fred Hoiberg, because he coached a game and was ill and maybe he had a coronavirus. Let's just take that into concept for a minute. If he was ill and went out and coached, he would have been around all of his players and his players probably wouldn't have gone out and played the game unknowing anyway. So the fact that he was there or wasn't there, the virus was already being spread ahead of time. You understand that concept? Well, yeah. wait. That you know, you're saying the first thing that popped into my mind, and I, you know, I've been a Hoiberg fan for years. Fred Hoiberg has a heart condition. Yes, he does. And. You know, the first, when you said that, my immediate thought was, oh, my God, his heart. And I understand we've been surrounded by coronavirus stuff. But that was my first thought was, oh, my God, his heart. Well, if you saw him on TV, he had his head down and he he looked like he was he was not feeling he, he wasn't. You could tell he wasn't feeling well. I mean, you know, you could make the joke about, oh, my God, look at how bad Nebraska is. Fred Hoiberg's about to collapse. But you could tell that he was not – that he was kind of red and he wasn't feeling well. But, yes, he does have a heart condition. So I think the thing about the, – the, the good thing about Twitter is sometimes that you can keep informed. And the bad thing about Twitter is people can go off on the biggest fucking tangents – immediately and so quickly with just such an overreactive judgment about anything when you just get the hell off Twitter for a day and everything is gone. You know what I mean? I don't want to bring up politics, but, you know, let's say, I don't know, for example, well, I don't want to go there. I don't know. Let's say we kill a high-ranking officer, and I, an Iranian high-ranking officer. Half of Twitter goes insane. The World War Three breaks out. The World War Three breakout? Fuck no, it didn't break out. But everybody went insane, <laughs> and it's because they love driving themselves insane. And my recommendation yeah, so- to people, because I seem to do this once per podcast, is give life. Uh, you know, I was going to say life-threatening advice, but it's not. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, is how to live your life advice is to get off the fucking Twitter. Get off Twitter. I oh, think yeah. social, social media, social media is, is just, a dra- just drags you down now anyway. It does. It's terrible. I, you know, my kid, I tell my kids this, my rotten son is home because, you know, today the university of Minnesota, they, they're on spring break. Uh, the university of Minnesota is extending its spring break. And uh, then they're going to go to no, in-class attendance, they're going to go to online classes. And he looks at me and, he, and I complained about Twitter and he said, well, why are you on Twitter? And I said, because I'm kind of contractually obligated to be on Twitter. Otherwise, you know, just, uh, it, it's a shithole. I mean, it's a drag. It's really kind of something that brings you into the ground. Let's try to finish on a good note. And I'm going to ask you guys, uh, spring football practice started this week. Scott Frost had a presser. Uh, did you guys pay attention to any of that? And if you did, what are your thoughts? I didn't see the whole well, presser or anything. I read some stories um, about it. Um, I think he's uh, he's uh, he's learning. Like you know, at the end of the day, he's a, he's still a young coach, and I think he's learning that 
hype train can be detrimental to a team. Um, yeah, I, I think they're just they're interested in keeping their heads down and going to work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the same. And you know, um, I I think I think that Scott Frost is one of those coaches that. I mean, he'd rather walk across razor blades than stand up and talk to the media. Um, but, you know, I, I think that everybody in the football program is humbled. And, um, you know, they tuck your chin and let's move forward and um, maybe recalibrate uh, a little bit. Um, so that um, so that when we come out in the fall and we start kicking ass, you know everybody's going to be excited about that. Are you, are you promising that we in the fall we're going to start kicking ass? You know, I, I've never been one that you know predicts seasons. I mean, that's there's just too doggone many factors. Um, things can change in the blink of an eye, but. I, I am I concerned that we open against a team like Purdue? Yeah, but um, I think I think that this team is going to be a good, solid team, and um, I think a lot of us are going to be doing a lot more cheering than we are going to be, you know, crying about losses. We're all going to bitch. I mean, we'll still bitch whether you know we win or lose, but. Uh, I I think that um I think that with the offensive line I think that things are going to be okay. Well, I I I watched the Scott Frost presser because um well, that's part of what I do. And I the one of the parts I appreciated about it was his comment uh, that he understood now why Tom Osborne, when he was asked about a player, said he's going to be a really good player and didn't say much more than that because he said, what did he say? He said, if I come out here, you guys you guys have me afraid that if I come out here and say we had a really good practice that you're suddenly going to be putting bets on us to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's really – it's he said it in a joking manner, but you kind of kind of – you went – that's not really a joke because we all, you know, I read art because I have to do this. Uh, you know, I have to post our articles on Facebook. I have to pay attention to our Facebook page and everybody gets really angry about, Oh, here comes the hype. Well, I mean, the mere fact that you exist seems like there's hype. You know what I mean? And you get caught in this position as a guy who's running a Nebraska football website or a Nebraska sports website is what do you want us to do? We we are kind of supposed to write articles about Nebraska football. You you get angry if we say bad things about it, but you get angry if we say good things about it. So I don't I don't know how to, to I don't know how to spend an entire off season and, writing stories about oatmeal and Nebraska football. You know what I mean? And you know what, John? They get up. You know, they're pissed if you write good things. But they're pissed if you write bad things. They'd be pissed if you didn't write anything. Yeah. So it's oh. it's going to be a quandary. It is what it is. 
it's going to be easy. It, it's going to be an interesting off season. Well, it's going to be a very interesting off season now. So, all right. Well, I think just, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Anything you guys want to add? Well, yeah, let's, let's hope that the wrestlers, you know, show up next week and, and compete hard. And let's hope that the baseball team starts, you know, having a little bit more consistency, um, get that softball team straightened out a little bit. You know, we could, we could have a, a, a real happy, uh, into March, April and into May. I mean, we could, we could have a lot of fun, um, because the, the potential is there in all three of those sports, um, you know, to, to have some success yet this, this, this spring. Yes. Optimism. I love it. <laughs> God knows we need some today. All right. That is right. going to be the end of the five heart podcast. Uh, I don't remember what the ending is supposed to say, except for I'm supposed to go, go big red. And then somebody else says, win the damn off season. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you, people who listen to the podcast, and I hope you're all taking care of yourself, and I hope that we have a good spring. Uh, I love you all, and I thank you for reading our website. Take care of yourselves.